<clears throat> Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick dropping in on you. Hope everybody is enjoying your weekend. I hope that um, whatever you set out to do this week, you got the most out of it. I uh, hope that your week last week was one to be proud of. But you know my saying, even if it wasn't, even last, last week was a challenging week. If you experienced disappointments, frustrations, and setbacks, and and all of that stuff, I want you to know that if you're still breathing, you are still in the fight. That's a part of my creed. That is li literally written in my creed that as long as I'm breathing, I'm still in the fight and I will not quit. I will not give up. I am relentless. And uh, I want to encourage you, no matter what you're going through, to understand that you hold the pen to your life. You get to write the story. You don't get to control all of the nuances. And when I say nuances, I'm talking specifically about what people refer to as situations and circumstances. But you do get to determine how you engage them, how you perceive them, how you work with them, what you're going to do to get through them. And those decisions are what determines the high performers in this world, those people who get on in this world. George Bernard Shaw once said that the people who get on in this world are those who wake up in the morning and go out and find the circumstances they need. If the circumstance doesn't exist, they create it. And this is what life is about, waking up every day and going out with a mindset that I'm going to create something. I'm going to write a new chapter. I'm going to write a new story. Uh, and that's what my work with people has always been about, teaching them how to pick up the pen, teaching them how to pick up the pen and write a new chapter to change the narrative. You have the ability within you, the God-given ability within you to, to determine this is not the life I want to live. This is not the direction I want to go in. You, 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 you can sit up and say, I started out... Um, in poverty. I started out in an abusive home. I started out with absent parents. I started out uh, struggling in school. I started out people telling me what I could not do. But at any point in time, you can map a new story by changing your thinking, by determining in your mind that you are not going to accept your particular situation that you're unhappy with as your lot in life. I tell people all the time that poverty is not your lot in life. Suffering is not your lot in life. Being in last place is not your lot in life. It's what you have chose to accept by the belief most of the time that it is, that this is just what it is. This is how it's going to be. I want to encourage you to step out of that. Um, people ask me, why have I been as successful? Number one, in my own endeavors and chasing my own visions and dreams. And also why have I been successful in helping other people do the same? And it's that I first and foremost understand the power of the mind. I have spent a large amount of my life studying how the mind works, not just on a superficial or novice level, but really truly understanding the power the energy that people talk about, you hear people talking about frequency a lot. 
You hear people talking about frequency and vibration, but that's created by your thinking, by your perceptions, how you view life, because how you view any situation is going to determine the state of mind you're in. Your state of mind is going to turn the level of determine the level of energy you're emitting. The level of energy is going to determine what you draw or attract to you. Energy is resonant. What does that mean? It means that you attract like energy. That's why you find people who are complaining in groups, people who are gossipers in groups, people who find something wrong with everything in groups. Also, why you tend to find very successful people in groups. You find optimists tending to be around other optimists. You find pessimists tending to be around other pessimists because energy has a way of rejecting that which is not like it. Also, because energy is determined on a level of frequency based on a hertz scale. If I'm operating at 500 uh, hertz, someone on a 250 hertz frequency is not even on the same level with me. So then what must I do? I simply determine every day when I get up that I'm going to be at a minimum of 500 hertz. How do I do that? Gratitude. When we study gratitude, people who have a mindset of thankfulness emit a frequency of 500 hertz. They emit a frequency of 500 hertz. So when I start out, I'm already at 500 hertz. If I have the ability to feel and to give love, I'm not talking about romantic, emotional. I'm talking about genuine benevolence and a desire to see others okay, to give of myself and to also be able to receive it and expect it then that pushes me up another 50 to 75 hertz. So now I'm at 575, maybe even 600 hertz. Now I start to move in the, in the area of the supernatural when you start talking about revelation. What is revelation? The discovery of things new. The more you seek new things, the more you learn things, what happens? Higher level of confidence, a greater uh, desire for exploration, a, a stronger imagination, why is an imagination important? Imagination is where you create your new reality. What most people tend to do is they tend to consult their past in order to determine whether or not they can do something in the future. And what happens is if I've lived a life of poverty and all of a sudden I decide that I'm going to develop riches and I'm going to develop and grow and generate and build wealth. I cannot consult my past for permission to do it. Why? There's nothing in my past that says I can't. So when I start consulting my past, what happens? I'm reminded of where I'm from. I'm reminded of what I've been through. I said, well, mama wasn't able to do it. Daddy wasn't able to do it. Grandparents couldn't do it. None of my siblings have done it. And you go on and on. And what happens? You talk yourself into this idea that, hey, man, I'm where I'm at. Who am I fooling? And so, No, when you decide to do something, God gave you an imagination. You know why? We struggle with using our imaginations because we live in a culture that crushes it right around the time we start school. Go back. You, you, you're you four or five years old. I remember growing up, we would make anything out of anything. We would turn a stick into a gun. We would turn a broom into a horse. Girls would turn mud into cakes. And, and we would live this life and you would swear we were doing the Why? Because the imagination was wild. Then you would ask us, where do we want it to be? And whatever the wildest thing we would think of and, and, and what would happen, it would be cool and fun and they, they would laugh. But right when it's time to go to school, they didn't want you to go to school embarrassing yourself or embarrassing them. They tell you what, 
Get your head out the clouds. Stop daydreaming. Be realistic. So now you just told a four-year-old, a five-year-old, be realistic. Now, the problem with that is you're still in the state of theta up until you're around the age of seven. What's that? That's where you're downloading all of this information that creates the paradigm through which you're going to live life. What you can do, what you can't do, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what you, how you talk, what you don't say, what you do say. All of these things are paradigm and they are the constructs that determine the lens through which you view life. So when opportunities come to a person that's uh, operating from a paradigm of poverty, when an opportunity comes to enrich themselves, they don't see it or they think it's foolish or they think it's folly or they don't see the value in it. Why am I going to take 20 percent of my money and put it into an index fund? Why? Uh, because it grows compounded annually. And it's one of the most powerful instruments known to build wealth over time. But if I don't understand it and all I know is you get a little money, man, you better spend it while you got it. mom used to say that money's burning, burning a hole in your pocket. Why? Because the only thing I know how to do with money is spend it. And so until I change my thinking, until I use my imagination and I start to explore and I start to look at other people. And what I find out is when I talk to other people who are doing things that I'm not doing, they're no different than me. They're just doing something different. Many instances, you're going to find out that they're not as sharp as you. They're not as creative as you. They don't have the imagination you have. But all of a sudden, they're doing things you're not doing. Why? Because they're willing to step outside of the box. They're willing to go a little bit further. So when people ask me, why should I work with you? It's because I'm going to introduce you to a part of yourself you've never seen before. I'm going to introduce you into the part of yourself that God wants you to see. I want to introduce you to the gifting that probably has been hidden since your childhood. It's been covered up over all of these things that you've been told you're supposed to do. All these things you've been told you can't do. All these things you should do and you should focus on because that's what you do in this life. You do this, this, and this, and then you go do this the rest of your life. And so you've jumped into this regiment of mediocrity, this regiment of being average, and average is actually celebrated. Average is actually something that people look at and say, well, uh, I'm about average. Average is saying I haven't tapped my gift. Average is saying I haven't explored the possibilities of greatness lying within my DNA. And what I do is I take you on a systematic approach to discovery of self in your thinking, in your gifting, in your imagination and ability to explore what once was considered impossible, but to view it as a possibility. And all you need it to be is a possibility. You don't even need a probability. You need a possibility because once you think it's possible, you start to ask yourself how. You start to ask the questions that open the doors to the unbelievable. I am doing some things with my company that I'm so excited about. I'm doing some things that um, are on the cusp of something remarkable. And I'm taking as many people as I possibly can as we scale out, as we grow, as we expand our reach. When I started this thing uh, years and years ago, before the Internet, it was local, just the people I could touch locally. Then the word got out. And so I would travel and I would work with people and I would speak with people. And, and then 
now it's global. I have clients in Switzerland, clients in the UK, cl uh, clients in certain areas of Africa, couple of clients in Sydney and, I, and, and, and in the Caribbean. And it all started because I had a vision that says, I'm going to take the internet and leverage it. I'm going to send my gift to as many people as can receive it, regardless of geographical locale. So it stopped being proximal and it started to be use what's in front of you. Step outside of your zone, get in front of a camera. Deal with the discomfort of not being good at something until you become great at it. I remember my first few videos and I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it on Facebook. I'm going to load them on. And this is before Facebook had live. And I'm going to load them up and do them on YouTube. And, and when I got to YouTube, man, two or three people would view it. I get two or three likes, two or three views. And I'll come back and I'll do it again. And didn't really know what I was doing. Didn't feel comfortable, but I knew that it was what I was speaking my truth. I was speaking my experience. I was speaking my knowledge. I was just speaking it to a whole bunch of people at one time. Well, I wasn't a whole bunch. It was a few people. But there was this one person that would show up on every video and tell me how horrible my videos were. I didn't even know what a troll was at the time. But I could have sit up and looked and said, man, I got three views. And one of them is a person that's telling me my stuff sucks. But every day I woke up and I did a video. And then something happened. Facebook came up with live. And I'm saying, I'm not going live. Then I thought, I'm used to speaking to people live. I wonder if the energy is different than just talking to myself in front of a camera. And it was. I got on and I was able to talk and people were interacting with me. They were putting their comments in. And so I could see what people were thinking and people were actually engaged and people were actually in, in, uh, uh, taking it in. And so the energy was there and I was receiving and I was giving and it went viral. And I haven't looked back. I don't do a whole lot of viral content because people tend to look for things shiny. I remember my grandmother telling me a long time ago. When I was a kid, son, everything that glitters ain't gold. And I start to understand that a lot of the things that really grow us aren't exciting. They're not sensational. They're methodical. They're step by step. And that's the one thing I do is I get my clients excited about taking those steps. You want to get to that goal. That goal is 300 steps from now. But if you'll never get that if you never take the first one. Get excited about the first one because the first one means you only have 299. And you've got to sit up and you've got to take that. And I do that over and over again in celebration of this new thing that I'm going to do next year. Let me tell you something. Next year, um, I'm doing two retreats on location in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm doing a singles retreat at the end of July and I'm doing a couples retreat at the end of uh, August in San Juan on location. Um, I'm not going to get too deep into it because this video, this isn't what it's about, but I want to tell you about it because, uh, there's a way that you can actually tap in and get into it where I happen to pay the initial deposit and pay it all down by the end of the final due date. Uh, but this is going to be about learning how to write a narrative. We're going to write a story, but we're going to explore ourselves. We're going to learn how to heal and how to grow. I tell people all the time that 
You don't get what you want in this life. You get who you are. You get what you're able to become. What we look at is we think if we want it hard enough, we'll get it. The thing is, if you want it hard enough, you have to act on it. If you never act on it, you never move. You never get involved. You never get engaged. So many people are afraid of, so afraid of failure that they fail. I am a firm believer that failure is inevitable, but failure isn't final until you quit or you never start. Those are two time types of failure, never starting and quitting. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, the unbelievable, remarkable, great Dr. Miles Monroe, uh, used to say that the cemetery is the wealthiest place on the planet. I've also heard Les, Les Brown quote that, but uh, it was Dr. Monroe who first said it. And he says that in the cemetery, you're gonna find books not written, companies not started, dreams not pursued, relationships not created, financial empires not built because people didn't act on their gift. People didn't actualize, activate, didn't access, activate and actualize their potential. That's why you always hear me say when I, uh, I live every day on full, I live my life on full every day so that when I leave this place, I die on E. And what that means is I don't know when I'm leaving. I'm hoping uh, 40, 40, 50 years from now be great. Uh, but what I can say is if it's tomorrow, I gave this world everything I had. If I leave tomorrow, I can say that I came, I saw, I conquered it. If I leave tomorrow, I can say I tapped my gift and I worked it till it's fullest. If I leave tomorrow, I can say that people who have come to me and literally told me that I saved their lives, that I stopped them from committing suicide. People told me that I gave them permission to go out and pursue their green dreams. They are now working in a field and a passion they love and they're living it and they're making more money than they ever thought. I, I've got people who consistently and these aren't the clients i work with these are people who have watched videos read my books taken my courses and 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 and, and so when i leave this place i leave having touched lives i leave a legacy that will speak of me long after i'm gone because i refuse to live by default which is how you get to average So when people ask me, why should they work with me? And I've scaled back the number of people I'm working with on one-on-one -on -one, uh, this year because I created courses. I want to be in front of more people. I want to touch more lives. Now, there's no greater uh, level of accomplishment than working one-on-one -on -one because I'm dealing with you specifically about specific issues that you're facing. And we work it out over the course of whatever, depending on what package you're on. And you get unbelievable. But I only have so many hours in a day, so it limits the number of people I can touch. And not everybody can afford to work with me. So I created these programs. What I am doing now and for the next 24 hours is I'm taking my gold package. I have bronze, silver, gold, and platinum. The platinum is a year package. Uh, but I'm taking my gold package, which is a six-month package, um, 26 weeks. It's $7,950. I'm making it $1,995 for 24 hours. Again, this isn't for everybody. This is for the person 
who has decided that they're not going to live on default. It's for the person who has decided that they're going to write a new narrative. It's for the person who's decided that I know there's something better on the inside of me. I'm not going to accept poverty as my lot in life. I'm not going to accept misery as my lot in life. I'm not going to accept suffering as my lot in life. I'm going to write a new narrative. I'm going to take the pen in my hand. I'm tired of other people holding the pen of my destiny. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to walk out of my comfort zone and I'm going to walk into greatness step by step. Now, not only are you getting my six month package, which is seven, 70, uh, was it 7950 for 1995, you will automatically be considered to have paid your deposit or down payment on this singles and couples retreat, whether you're single, which is in July, or whether you're a couple, and this retreat is not, we're not hanging out getting drunk. You'll have an opportunity that. Uh, it's gonna cover your room and board, it's gonna cover your food, it's gonna cover one excursion. This is a week, it's gonna be from uh, the 25th through the 28th for the singles, the 22nd through the 25th for uh, of August for the couples. But we are literally going to be engaging. We are going to break down. We're going to work on healing. Uh, we're going to work on growth. We're going to work on writing a new narrative. You will leave this place with a new story, a new story that you can literally walk out and live out. This is going to be the most intensive four days of your life, but it's going to be exciting. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be joyous. Now, let me tell you a story. I could talk about the 47 companies that I've started. I could talk about the revenue that I've generated over the last 30 years. I can talk about the 26 books I've published. I can talk about the clients and all that stuff in the different countries. But let me tell you something. Everything that I've ever done is done because I give myself to what I do. When someone comes to me and say, hey, doc, do you think you want to do this? I look at it and I ask myself a question. Am I willing to go the distance? because I don't quit. So if I'm going to take something on, that means no matter how tough it gets, no matter how long it takes, no matter how many bumps and bruises, setbacks, delays, and disappointments and frustrations I experience, I'm going to wake up every day and I'm going to go hard in the paint until it's done. Uh, so then I choose things that I'm immensely passionate about. I choose things that I refuse to give up on. And I remember taking a major blow about 15 years ago major. And I'm sitting there. And the worst thing that I think you can do as a person that's built a life for yourself uh, in the sense of vein of living in, 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 in accomplishment is to watch it crumble. And you look up and you're saying, I got to start over. It's like building the, whatever little game that is where you stack the little things and you're trying to get it up and then it all starts crumbling down. Uh, imagine that being life. Somebody say life be life in. Life, life's. I'm telling you, life, not, boy, life is going to life and there's nothing you can do about it. Life definitely is lifing. And, and the thing is, you can sit up and you can whine about it. You can complain about it. You can point fingers at people and blame your situation. You can blame your upbringing. You can blame your parents. You can blame your financial background. You can blame your race. You can blame a bunch of things. At the end of the day, life is going to be the decisions you made to change it. If you change, if you made a decision to change you, it will change. But the decision has to be one of commitment. And I remember going through this and I remember saying, man, 
Where do I start? And when you're sitting down and all of a sudden you go from what feels like lim uh, limitless resources to very limited resources, and you're sitting up and saying, I need to do this and I do that. And what I realized is I needed to have somebody that had been through it and overcome it, had had a lot, and then had had nothing and had to rebuild it, had the blueprint, but also had the mindset. And I wanted somebody that I trusted. So I looked and I looked and I thought and I'm looking for somebody and I can't. And then all of a sudden, a friend of mine was talking about, man, uh, former athlete that I know. He said, man, I, I just went and checked out Tony Robbins on this four day uh, event he had in Jersey. He said, man, unbelievable, unbelievable. And so I start looking and I start checking in how much the next one costs. And I looked at it and it was like six grand, five grand, six grand, something where so it was it was it was a substantial amount of money. And I remember going, man, I don't have a lot left. And didn't have a whole lot in cash, but I had these earrings. That I had from the past life when I was living, how I was living and they were pretty substantially. They were studs, but they were pretty substantial. I sold them. I did what I had to do. I sold them and I borrowed some money and I came up with it. Now I could easily say, I need to invest this in starting my business over. I need to invest this in this. What if, what if I can't make, but I needed something that was bigger than me. And so I did it and I went and I went to this, to the next one. It was in uh, South beach and I talk about it a lot. Normally, I don't talk about the Tony Robbins things. I just talk about the earrings and getting a computer and starting my business. But this is what happened. I went and it changed my life. It changed my life um, in so many different ways. Tony is so much more than this motivational guy that you see talks. He's got an ability and understanding about things that's pretty amazing. He's not the only one. Uh, I've studied them all. Joe Dispenza, Ed Limpton. Uh, Les Brown, Dr. Miles Monroe. Uh, and, and so I just started searching out people and reaching out to them. But it started with that Tony thing. N needless to say, I came back, I sat down with that computer and I created my first online endeavor. I even now have a online course to teach people to do what I've done now for 15 years Ooh. over and over again, creating online opportunities and building companies online. I do it for people. Uh, I help them build their company. If they don't know how to do it, if they don't want to take the course, they can pay me and, and my company will build it for them. All of these things started with me being willing to invest in myself. At the time, it was most scariest to do so. At the time where I could have found a whole bunch of other things to do with that. Also, that was this one thing. It's like those earrings were the last thing of substantial value that stood out to me about that past life. And I was letting them go. But here's the thing you have to let go. Sometimes you got to let go of the things from the past to take hold of something greater. Sometimes what you're holding on to for dear life is actually stopping you from grabbing something that's greater. And so I decided that I was going for it. Now, let me tell you, there's been some rough days, some lean years. But what I can tell you is I rebuilt 
what was lost. I'm growing it. I'm expanding it. And there's no limit to what we can do at Rick Wallace Enterprises to change lives. Everything is about changing lives to me. Yes, I want to earn a living. Yes, I want to do it at a level that I can make sure that my family is going to be okay in the future. But I want to leave an imprint on lives. It's not, I mean, there's a woman that reached out to me. Matter of fact, her testimony is on my website. If you want to check it out, it's at um, thevisioneticsinstitute.com. You can go there and you can look at um, some of the uh, testimonies and hers on there. She said that she had been married for 28 years and her husband died. And she said all of her identity was tied into that marriage. Everything she knew about who she was was tied to that. He was a good man. He loved her. He took care of her and he was gone. And she didn't have anything to hang on to. And she was about to give up. And, and I can't tell you how many times this next thing says, I just happened to come across your video. Man, if I could tell you how many times I've heard that, God is good. Um, but anyway, said, I just happened to come across your video. And within minutes of listening to it, there was something inside of me that says there's something to live for. There's something to hold on to. And I started to see the beauty in me and what was left. And I started to be able to appreciate the life I had with my husband. But I also saw the responsibility and the need for me to live still. And she said a year ago, th this happened to her six years ago, say a year ago, I met a man. He's not my husband. Well, he's, he's not the husband that passed away, but he treats me well. He knows how to talk to me. He knows how to care of me. And a few months ago, we got married. And Dr. Wallace, I just have to say thank you. I had a person come to me and say, two years ago, Dr. Wallace, I was ready to give up. I was about to kill myself. And I just happened to come across your video. And there was something in that video that spoke to me in a way that I've never been spoken to before. It was like you were talking to me. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to quit. And I just want to say thank you. And those keep coming. And I, I wouldn't have to have but one of those my whole life to feel like I've lived and I've done something. But I'm looking up. But what would have happened if I would have just gave up? What would have I what would I have happened? What would have happened if I would have accepted defeat? If I would have accepted, well, I I had a good run. But I I I can't take this. I'm just gonna fall back. I refuse to fall back. Anywhere that you go that I've spoken and I'm coming back to speak again and the people that were there the first time are there, as I'm walking towards the podium, I'm walking towards the mic, you will hear them saying, no surrender, no retreat, because it's all through my message. No surrender, no retreat. I don't give up. I don't quit. I don't turn around. I don't fold. I don't fall back. I wasn't designed to quit. The designer had no, no, no desire for me to fold under pressure. He built me to stand. And I can tell you there have been times when I did not have the answer to the enigmatic issue I was facing. And I, I just had an understanding that I was built. I would look myself in the mirror and I would say, you're built for this. And I would say it until my spirit heard it and believed it.
I would square my shoulders and hold my head up as if I had already solved the problem. And then I would open up my mind and my imagination so that I could hear and listen and feel and recognize the solution. I once heard Quincy Jones when someone asked him how he, he was able to be as successful he was growing up during Jim Crow and having to travel the Chitlin circuit and, and having to do all the stuff that he had to do. And he says, I don't, I, I don't have problems. I've never had problems. And, and the person who was talking to him, somebody I also respect, Jim Quick, asked him, come on, man, everybody has problems. He says, I don't have problems. I have puzzles. And I was like, whoa. Because before he could explain it, I, I, my mind's already processed it. When you say puzzle, the next thing comes to mind is solving it. So instead of looking at the problem, you see a puzzle, you already trained your mind to look for the answer. So if I'm focused on the answer, what am I not focused on? I'm not focused on the problem. Whatever you focus on, you feel. So I work with my clients to ensure they're focusing on the right thing. I, I, focus, I work with my clients to ensure that they're operating in the right state of mind, that they're priming themselves to be in the best state of mind, because how you start your day is how your day is going to go. If you start your day worried, stressed and caught up in an issue, everything that comes is only going to pile on on it. But if you start your day in the heart of Thanksgiving with a, a mindset of gratitude, you're at 500 hertz. If you decide that I cannot be stopped, if you show some love and benevolence to someone, you're at 600, 575 to 600 hertz. Now you're moving closer to that sphere where you can tap into the mind of God at 750 hertz by way of thought, recognition, and inspiration of new ideas that you take on by purposely seeking out new knowledge. One of the things we don't do is we don't seek knowledge. We don't seek people with knowledge. We don't seek instruments of knowledge, books, the internet, the library. YouTube is full of stuff that can change your life. And we find the, the, the most disturbing stuff to focus on. And we wonder why we're sick, because a great deal of your illness is coming from the stress that you're putting your body through. When we have this thing next next uh, next year and what 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 my clients are going to do, if you decide to be one of the 10 people, well, I'm not going to limit. If you sign up between nine tomorrow, you're in. Uh, I'll get it on the books. I'll figure it out. My people are going to lose their mind. But but I want to work with you if you want to work. But what you're going to find out is you, one of the things you're going to learn is the neuroanatomy of a thought, the neuroanatomy of a belief. And the beauty of neuro, uh, uh, wow, one of my favorite words, plasticity. So you got the anatomy of a thought and it's wired. The belief is wired. You're hardwired to believe what you believe. That's why you defend it with such ferocity. Even when what you're defending is a state of mind and an idea that does not serve you well, the natural thought is to defend what you hold. Well, the the beauty of it is it used to be believed that you're hardwired into your personality after seven. You're hardwired into who you're going to be and how you're going to think. And then all of a sudden, some years ago, we discovered neuroplasticity, that you can literally create neuro, new neuroreceptors that will rewire and connect categorically to whatever you're focused on. So you can create new thoughts, new ideas, new beliefs, new memories 
based on a new expectation. I've said this over and over again, that God meets you at the level of your expectation. Life meets you at the level of your expectations. The universe meets you at the level of your expectations. You're never going to live life consistently above what you expect to happen. Matter of fact, the more you expect it, the more you manifest it. You are simply living out the thoughts from the past. You've heard me say this before in my book, I Am, which is my 21st book. The, the theme of that book is the thoughts, your thoughts are the seeds of your destiny. You're planting the seeds of your future by the way you think. Your thoughts are governing your behavior. There's a reason why there's a constant theme throughout any strong book of uh, empowerment, even the Bible. The second most prevalent idea is about the mind, controlling the mind, guarding the mind, nurturing the mind. It says, though we walk in the flesh, we, are, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare. What? They are not carnal. They are mighty in God for pulling down what? Strongholds, the strongholds of poverty, the strongholds of trauma, the strongholds of limiting beliefs says casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god the knowledge of god that branded you before you were ever born great that cast is cast down every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge of god every idea and thought that says that poverty is your lot in life then it says what bringing every thought into captivity it's your responsibility to monitor and manage your thinking because in managing your thinking, you manage your future. And that's why I am as good as I am with my clients because I have invested myself in mastering neuro-linguistic neuro programming, psycho-cybernetics, embodied cognition, transformative vocabulary, why? Because, and obviously psychology, but why? Because when I can change my thinking, when I can change my speech, imagine one of the biggest things I see people, they talk themselves into deeper negative thinking. Now, we know that your speech is a reflection of what's in your subconscious predominantly, and you, 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 you control uh, roughly 5% of what you say consciously. But Normally when you're flowing, you're flowing off of what you already have inside of you, your subconscious. Well, if I were to go back and I would translate that into biblical terminology, your subconscious would be your heart. Your conscious, that would be your mind. Guard your hearts and mind, guard your hearts and minds. How many times do you hear that and see that and read that in the Bible? What is it saying? It's saying that I need to guard the thinking that I'm doing consciously. Why? Because that tells the subconscious what's important to me, what to focus on, what the ID. There's a bundle of nerves at the base of your net uh, called the reticular activating system. It filters the billions of bits of information that comes through your subconscious and shows your conscious the things that it has determined are important. So if I decide that I'm going to focus on the negative, guess what the reticular activating system does? It finds everything that is the reticular activating system is like Google for your life. You tell it what you want to focus on, what you want to find, and it goes and finds it. Have you ever went out and bought a car that you just fell in love with or a shirt or something, and all of a sudden you see that same car everywhere, and you go like, man, everybody just went out and bought No, they didn't. It was always there. 
You just hadn't told your brain that it was important until you went and spent thousands of dollars to buy it. Now your brain says it's important. It just automatically knows by the emotion attached to the purchase. The emotion anchors so much of what we do. And so now you're going and you're saying it. Same thing with a negative thought. If you tell your brain that, man, uh, something's wrong and it's always something wrong. You're the pessimist. It's going to find it. It's going to do what it's trained to do. And what you've got to do is you've got to learn how to monitor that. But you also have to. And one way to do that is to actually consciously guard your self-talk. The brain is the most powerful supercomputer on the planet. There's nothing that can match it when it's operating optimally. The problem is we lock our brain into our limiting beliefs. We lock our brain into what we believe is possible. We lock our brain into what everybody else is doing. We measure uh, what we're capable of and we tell our brain, this is the this is the ceiling. This is it. This is as much as I'm probably going to get out of this life of mine. And the brain says, OK, and then the brain only gives you what you asked. But when you decide I'm going to do something. So imagine this unbelievable supercomputer. Well, your self-talk is the program that it's going to run. God told Job, you should declare a thing and it shall be established. So my question to you is, what are you declaring for your life? What are you declaring? What are you speaking into your future? What are you speaking into your destiny? What are you holding on to that you need to let go of? What needs to change in your thinking? What needs to change in your speech? What needs to change in your expectations? The answers to those questions are the very things that will change your life forever. Here's what I believe. I've had the opportunity to work literally now with thousands of people over the course of my life in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And I've worked with people with Down syndrome. I've worked with people with on the autism spectrum. I've worked with people from extreme poverty. I've worked with people who are exceptionally wealthy. I've worked with people who are white, black, Asian, and on down the line. And what I can tell you is I've yet to meet a person without a gift. I've got a, 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 a client, former client, who had Down syndrome, who became a model. I've got a, another client who was on the spectrum who had Asperger's, who now runs an international organization and lives in the Dominican Republic. Don't tell me what can't be done. Don't tell me what's impossible. I don't believe in impossible. I believe in limiting beliefs. I believe that we cage ourselves with past experiences. I believe that we spend way too much time consulting our past for permission to change our future, but I don't believe in impossible. Bryce said, there should be nothing, nothing shall be impossible. When people were marveling at all the things that Jesus the Christ was doing, he said something that very few people seem to take. It's amazing how we can dismiss our devalue something when it doesn't align with the way we think. He's when they told him all, when they were talking about this, he says, these things I do, you shall do. And greater things you shall do. That this isn't the limit. This is just the example. But we bottle ourselves. And when we start talking about doing things that Christ did, we think it to be blasphemy. 
But he told us, no, I'm not the pinnacle in what I'm doing. I'm the example. I'm exercising the divine in me to do extraordinary things, but you have the divine in you as well. It's time to unleash your mind. It's time to step outside of the boundaries of past experiences to explore the limitless potential of your imagination and your creativity. Remember when God created this thing, it was just space and consciousness. And he decided to give his consciousness form. And that's what this is. This is God's bringing his consciousness to form. Everything in this world is made out of the same thing. Atoms. In one form or another, atoms. And it used to be that believe that the belief that atoms were the smallest molecule, the smallest that you could get. And then they found out there was an entire world inside of the atom. Then they discovered when studying the atom, the protons, the neutrons, the electrons, that there was a level of consciousness on the inside of the atom, that it was energy. See, it was the energy inside the atom that created the first nuclear weapon, the atom bomb. But it was more than energy. They, just, they determined that at the purest level, they, when they were trying to measure it, they found out that when they were trying to measure the speed, they couldn't get the location. When they tried to measure the location, they couldn't get the speed. And, and, and then they realized that when they were prepared to measure it, it knew it was about to be measured. It would start to move when they would get ready to measure it before they started measuring it. And then somebody paid enough attention to it to realize that if they were thinking about measuring it, it started to move. It knew their thoughts. And there's this thing called the zero field. And they just start referring to it as the mind of God because it, it couldn't, they couldn't escape it and they couldn't get around it. It knew. Consciousness and the ideas of what created everything around. You, you ever ask yourself, what the hell was Arville and, Arville and Wilbur Wright thinking about when they decided, I'm going to create a machine to fly? It had never been done before. Birds fly, people walk. It was simple. Everybody's talking about it. By, by that time, um, Newton's theory of gravity was well known. You're not getting off this ground. You might jump. You're coming down. But they didn't give up. Something inside of them said it was possible. Can you imagine the thought that had to go through their mind when it happened? Um, Alexander Graham Bell sitting around, man, I'm not finna ride well, but I'm not going to no telegraph. I'm, I'm going to create something where we can run wires and a person going to pick up the phone, tap it a couple of times, the operator's going to pick it up and patch it in. Somebody's going to pick it up on the line. I'm going to talk to somebody in an entirely different city. Okay, Alexander, you own that stuff. Then somebody said, man, forget the wires. We don't even want the wires. We're just going to have a cellular signal and you're going to be able to talk and simultaneously somebody's going to hear you around the world smoking that stuff somebody says well hey why don't we take it a step further why don't we have video conferences around the world they put it on the jetsons and people said man that'll never happen everything on the jetsons pretty much almost now is happening you unbridle the mind you unbridle the possibility we're limited by what we accept 
only the only limitations are the accept, ones we accept. And the mind is so powerful that when you tell it this is what the limitation is, it will lock it in and you will not get past it. Roger Bannister, distance runner, a mile. Up until 1954, it was believed that no one could run the mile under four minutes. It's called the four-minute barrier. And to double down on that belief, without any scientific proof, it was believed that if you were happen to somehow run the mile under four minutes, you wouldn't live to celebrate it because your heart would explode. So that was a belief you couldn't do it, and that if some kind of way you figured how to do it, you would die. You want to guess how many people were probably on a pace to run the mile in under four minutes and realized it and backed off the pace? Are you backing off the pace right now? But Roger Bannister decided in 1954 he was going to run the mile in under four minutes. And he did. And then they rushed him and they hit him with the questions. How did you train? What did you eat? And he said, I simply ran it 1,000 times in my mind. I ran it 1,000 times in my mind. You, you know the beauty of that? God created that for a reason. He created the mind not to be able to determine the difference between what you imagine and what's real. Why? Because if you can imagine it, you can create it. The brain simps up and says, we've done this already. Once you've done it once, you can do it again. It's common sense. So it the, once you tell your mind you've done it, you've broken the idea of impossibility. Now, here's the beauty of this thing. In the next two years, 200 other people did it. I wonder why. It was no longer impossible. Would you be the? Would you be a person that will end up doing something that no one's ever done before? Whatever that is. Not for the sake of competition, not for the sake of saying, look what I did, but for the sake of saying I stepped outside of my comfort zone and I reached for the stars and I touched a dream. Like I said, I, I can't wait to next year for this um, this on location uh, retreat in San Juan. Uh, but like I said, today I'm offering my gold package. It's a $7,950 package for $1,995, $1,995, you're going to get six months with me weekly. We're going to do disc assessments, personality assessment, goals assessments. We're going to talk about visions and dreams. We're going to talk about the importance of having insight, the power of your thoughts. We're going to start to manage your thoughts. We're going to start to manage our self-talk. We're going to come up with a personalized plan. I'm telling you that we're going to look at, we're going to say, this is where we're at. That's where we're going and we're going to get there. And if you're not there in six months, we keep going on my dime until you get there. That's the promise I make all my clients. We set the goal and we get there. We normally get there. Every now and then there's a couple that are lagging. But by that time, I'm invested. By that time, it's not just your dream, it's mine too. So we're going and we're going to get it. There's no such thing as impossible. It's whether or not you want to step out from behind it. Now, here's the beauty of this thing. My company works with uh, Afterpay. So if you don't have it all, sign up and you can break it down into four payments. But if you have it, go for it. 
I look forward to working with you. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. And here's the other thing, uh, just so we're clear. Like I said, I get it done. I, I've, I'm, I'm going to tell you how into my work I am. At the end of last year, I ran my report. You know how much I gave away in refunds last year? $16.33. I think it was a book or something. A book, some kind of way the person got late or something like that. And just to make them happy, I gave them the money back and let them keep the book. I get the job done. But here's what I'm going to do. At the end of six months, if it's not done, we'll go on my dime until it's done or I'll give you your money back. But you've got to start investing in yourself. Click the link, sign up. You're going to get a welcome packet. And we're going to start the process of onboarding you. And within a week, you're going to be talking to me for the initial consultation. And then after that, we get started. You got to start somewhere. And I'm hoping that you guys take advantage of it. Look, I'm going to get off of here. Uh, start unwinding for the remainder of my evening uh, so that I can be rested and ready for bed and get up and go at it again tomorrow. Don't miss this opportunity. On that note, as I always say, I live my life on full so that when I leave this place, I die on E. There's something about leaving a legacy that's just deep. I tell people all the time, the first half of my life was about me, about what I can drive, about what I can wear, about what I where I lived, about where I could travel, about proving to people that a boy from the hood could do what I was doing. And I was waking up in that big house, two or three o'clock in the morning, every freaking night pacing, couldn't sleep. And it wasn't just not sleep. I was miserable. And I went to my mentor and had a conversation with him. He says, all the stuff you're accumulating will never fill the space of your purpose. Until you start to live your life in your purpose, none of these things are going to fill it. Not, not the women, not the clothes, not the cars. You have to start living on purpose. So I tell people all the time, the first half of my life was about me. The second half has been about my legacy. I can leave this place at any time now fulfilled. You can't beat it. You wouldn't trade it for anything. And I want to help as many people as possible achieve their greatest self. So on that note, I'm out of here and I hope you guys join me. Let's ride. Let's make 23, 23 the best year of your life. On that note, I'm out of here. Thank you guys for riding out with me. Those of you who've been here to the start, uh, from the start to the finish, thank you. Uh, share the video with as many people as you can uh, for encouragement and insight. There's a lot of stuff that I put out there that is life-changing in and of itself. And for those of you who want to take it and literally sit down with the person who gave you that for six months, and make something huge happen in your life, let's make it happen. On that note, I'm out of here. You guys take care. Mm -hmm.